When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Saturday night. I'm in my Saturday night shirt. We just watched Saturday Night Dynamite. Alfred Kunawa, Issa, NYC Demon Diva here for the Wrestling Inc. podcast after Dynamite. Uh, a lively show. Love the energy of the show from Miami, Florida, just a day after the big Friday Night Wars. Issa, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Happy Saturday. I've been drinking. Look at my cup. I'm trying to be hey. on team. So I have an everyday's Halloween cup for Halloween kills weekend. Um, yeah, it's been a fun night. I've been drinking since 630. So hell yeah, that must have made the show much fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember half of it, but we'll talk about it. No, I'm kidding. What are we drinking tonight? What is uh, what's the poison of choice tonight? Tonight I'm drinking is um, pineapple juice with some Bacardi rum, but it's like a mango fusion Bacardi. So it tastes very sweet. It's a nice, sweet, easygoing Saturday drink. Like very the show. tropical. Yeah, I mean, I'm Puerto Rican. What do you expect? Yeah, no, I, like that. <laughs> I know you're from Miami and I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we will uh, get into, of course, the review of the show. We're going to start with just a couple of news stories. And one of them is really kind of a breaking news story in terms of the bracket that has been revealed for the AEW World Title Eliminator. Does everybody see this? I've just shared it. And I hope everybody can see it. It's up you here right now. You can see it. Yeah, you just gotta... Can you move it up a little? Let's see. Up a little. There we it's go. Because I couldn't see the bottom. Yeah, I, I see, see it. Okay. So, well, essentially, uh, if you can see it, I'm going to just read down what is the lineup. We're going to get Dark Orders 10 against John Moxley. He's going to die. Or, he's going to die. Orange Cassidy gets Powerhouse Hobbs. Wonder who's going to win that one. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes will go one-on-one with Brian Danielson. Who you got in that one? Uh, wait, let me think about it. Yeah, uh, Brian. <laughs> Brian Danielson. And, of course, Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston, which is the only one I think could go either way. I don't know. We could see more upsets in this tournament. You don't necessarily have to be predictable, but uh, I think Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston seems like the one that might be up in the air. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of very good wrestling, but I agree with you. I feel like Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston is the one that I couldn't tell you exactly who I think is going to win. Like every other one, I know exactly who's moving on. It's the round after that that's going to be kind of interesting, you know? But yeah, Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston could go either way. I really, really do think that Eddie Kingston does need a couple of big wins. Yeah, we could get Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston, which should be a fun match because that, that I think, is kind of the ultimate... WWE guy versus somebody who the AEW fan just right. absolutely adore. And I think we're going to get either a split to a pro Eddie reaction in that match. Yeah, agreed. And I think that should be a lot of fun. And it's um, the one thing that I'm like loving about Daniel Bryan Danielson in AEW is just seeing him in all of these matches that we just never thought we would get. And Eddie Kingston and Bryan will be one of them 100%. Now, uh, who do you have winning the whole thing in terms of this tournament? Brian. Brian Danielson? Yeah, I could yeah. I could see it. I wonder if that because they did leak the that would be Brian Danielson versus John Moxley at full gear. And I so wonder that's gonna if be the final round, definitely. And something be, is yeah. gonna go something's gonna go eerie there, right? I yeah. mean, when we get into the review of the show, we'll get more into it. But I did think that they're teasing a Mox uh heel turn. And then that oh, will yeah. perfectly make sense because you have Brian being a baby face and Shu Hangman beat Omega, another baby face, you're going to need to build up a couple of heel contenders for that AEW world title. And they've been teasing the Mox heel turn, it seems like, for a while. He cut a really good like backstage promo that I think a lot of people forgot about a couple of months ago, where he was kind of running down all the baby faces, in, including yeah. Hangman Page. And I thought, okay, here we go. And then he just kind of got away from that. And then after his match against Willow Yuta, they had a moment where Orange Cassidy gave him this look when he stormed off. And I felt like that was more of them teasing. And Orange Cassidy and John Moxley look like they're going to meet in that second round. Yeah, and I, I remember, I don't know if this is the same promo or not, but he cut a promo in regards to people coming over from WWE now, even though he's been here and kind of built it. So, I mean, this Brian and Mox, I'm, I'm so, I know we saw them interact a lot in WWE, but I 
was never a fan of Dana Ambrose. John Moxley, yeah. I'm all in. So I cannot wait to see John Moxley battle um, Brian because that's going to be insane. I'm the same way. I, I couldn't care less about uh, Dean Ambrose. I love John Moxley, this character. Yeah. I actually like him better in Japan, how he is in Japan. I think it's really? a little bit more intensity and how he works, especially when he was in the actual full gear. But I just like right. how he works in Japan and maybe just who he works with. Maybe he just seems like a, a really good fit there. But I do like John Moxley. As Some of the promos he was cutting in Japan were freaking hilarious. Yeah. And he it's made been. me actually watch some New Japan, which I don't watch but i agree i think i think ding ambrose felt very wwe force and moxley feels like this is who this guy actually is and that was always my issue i liked him in the shield don't get me wrong but i always felt like he just felt like this is not who he is where with moxley they're just letting him be himself and that's the best mox yeah absolutely well uh that's gonna be a fun tournament uh, a lot of fun was had last night as well as AEW Rampage went head-to-head with Friday Night SmackDown in the first 30 minutes of AEW Rampage. Now, we don't have detailed numbers. We don't have demos yet. We do have the overnights from the Fast Nationals, ladies and gentlemen. Did the streets come through with the numbers? The streets came through with the numbers. Uh, I have it up at This Is Nasty. Glenn Rubenstein's got some numbers from the streets. <laughs> at Glenn Rubenstein's, our own Glenn Rubenstein. Uh, but well, nobody, through- nobody texted me the numbers, by the way. Oh, uh, we got to get Issa streets. Come on, get, get Issa involved. She's She's certified. <laughs> so the numbers that came in, I'm sure uh, people have seen it by now. Friday night SmackDown on FS1, 793,000. AEW Rampage, 549,000 per the overnight. Your reaction, Issa? A little low for both, based on what I expected. I thought I thought 100% WWE was going to be AEW, you know? But I, I it's low on both ends. What was the Rampage number the week before? Was it 530? 502,000. The overnights the week before was 466,000, and then it went okay. up to 502. So okay. both numbers figured to go up. And the streets also told me uh, that... Uh, but the SmackDown numbers for my network TV in Chicago are not figured in, so it could be as much as 140,000 uh, boost, according to the streets. Well, so the, I think the, both numbers are going to go up. The In Chicago and New York, I don't know how that comes into the numbers, but in Chicago and New York, they played them in a local network. Like here, right. SmackDown yes. played in a local network, so it, it, there's more my eyes network. in the product. In, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see, but this is obviously not the final number, but it's not too far off of how it's going to go. I would assume on Monday we're going to find out that SmackDown beat them. It was just by, you know, a couple of 50, 60,000 more than what we saw here from the streets. Sure. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the streets coming uh, through on that one. But yeah, Dynamite uh, or uh, AW Rampage and SmackDown are going head-to-head, and it looks like. Uh, and just looking ahead here, the next time that SmackDown might be preempted is uh, Game 3 of the World Series. I believe it's October 29th. And uh, I don't know the time. They haven't released the time for that game. But if yeah. it, it does get preempted, I feel like they're going to do this again, possibly for the full hour, uh, just depending on just how much they do. Because I do think that this is enough of a margin of victory, 31%. Again, we don't know the demo. So if the demo is close and that comes back, uh, maybe that'll give WWE pause. But if they do kind of hold this big margin of victory, I do think they're going to be empowered to go right after SmackDown or right after Rampage uh, when the next time they're preempted. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, right? It's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm actually very interesting, very interested to see what the bump is on the AW side because we already yeah. are seeing a bump just from last week's number because without them having Dynamite, I was afraid that they were going to suffer, but it sounds like Tony Khan's PR tour paid off for him. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good number. 549 no. really isn't a good number, but I do expect it to be higher than that. You know, mm-hmm. they really need to get out of that 500,000 threshold, which seems where they right. kind of have fallen. But uh, if they do go up, which I do expect this number to go up, it's certainly an upgrade over the 500,000 they did last week. And I think yeah. it's less uh, cause for panic. Yeah. Agreed. So those are your numbers there. And we get into AEW Dynamite. We start this show off hot with Malachi Black versus Dante Martin. Of course, CM Punk is on commentary, so he does this victory tour, and they immediately cut it off with the lights, that amazing entrance from Malachi Black, and he had what I thought was an amazing match against Dante Martin. This was phenomenal. Uh, The story of this match was Dante Martin selling his knee, so he was doing all kinds of things to sell the knee where he'd do a hurricane rod on because he landed on his knee selling it. He sold, uh, the finish came, and this is the best part of him selling, is when he did a springboard, and he did it on one leg to put over how bad his knee is. What? What? He kicked in the face. 
And yeah. uh, I thought it was incredible. And what I loved about this was the commentary was in sync with the selling in this match because uh, it was Tony Schiavone getting frustrated with Dante Martin going to the top, but JR coming in and playing devil's advocate and saying he's going to win it his way. And also Malachi Black did a phenomenal job selling his ribs where he had a Boston Crab and couldn't hold on to it because, you know, when your ribs and you're putting that much pressure on it, uh, it was a great way of selling it to where you had to let go. And uh, I just thought these two worked very well together. After the match, yeah. uh, Malachi Black gave Dante Martin a little bit of a nod to kind of put mm-hmm. him over and defeat, hopefully. What did you think about this match, Issa? Oh, my God. It was so much fun. Like, the, the way that these two told the story, it was like in-ring storytelling at its finest. The selling was incredible. Um, yeah, I, you you talked about Malachi Black entrance. I, I, I'm glad that they're giving the cities, you know, CM Punk entrance for the people that haven't seen him in so long. I think I respect that move because he does sell tickets, right? So people want to see that entrance. But it took me back to last week's episode where people didn't get an entrance. And I'm like, okay, so you didn't give an entrance to people that were wrestling, but you give CM Punk on commentary an entrance. I get why they do it, but you could have done that before the show went on the air and maybe add time to something else, right? Okay, great. Anyways, <laughs> just putting that out there because it just seems weird that sometimes they cut other people's entrances, but that doesn't get cut. Um, yeah, I thought this match was a lot of fun. It might be my favorite Malachi Black match in AEW as of Definitely. right now. It was so good, and, and I didn't expect them to have this kind of chemistry, and I love the nod that he gave him at the end because he really, I was not invested into, into his character before, and now after seeing him wrestle Malachi Black the way that they did, the way he sold that leg the entire time i was like i really like this guy i didn't even i didn't even think i liked him before i'm like why is he getting this match you know but i i was very very impressed and i wish i would have wrestled longer i thought they did an amazing job and opened the show the crowd like they got the crowd hot right off the start and the crowd was great tonight yeah and i mean dante has all the talent they just don't do anything in terms of presenting him as somebody who you should care about and i think this was a step forward in that direction i think it's good that they put him with leo rush which later i on agree in the night, i agree i thought that dante and leo rush make an excellent thing absolutely later and that's what they're going to be because later mm-hmm. on they had a backstage promo and leo uh, said that him and dante martin are going to now be a tag team there was some tension to where leo rush was playing up being a heel and kind of demanding that him and dante martin be a tag team and i'm really looking forward to when darius gets back for top flight and leo to be together as a trios i think that's right. going to just be incredible but it looks like they're kind of going in the direction that when darius gets back there's going to be tension between him and leo right. rush and they're going to kind of split their way but i'm looking forward to leo rush and dante martin and by the way you can find the leo rush interview on pro wrestling bits just dropped today a very very uh funny saw it saw it and you did an fun. amazing job on that one Great job uh, by Leo, too. Wants to be the first black world AEW champion. I hope he gets there. We'll uh, see about that. Anything is possible, ladies. (laughs) Anything. We go backstage to what I thought was a terrible Jungle Boy promo. He is uncomfortable. It reminded me of, like, those jumping Jeff Farmer promos that, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it was, (laughs) I'm going to wrestle you, and Christian's not here, but we're going to. It was horrible. Uh, Like, watching Hannah Gatsby do stand-up. Just terrible. Uh, and just as I was starting to fall asleep, here comes Kenny Omega. Bro. And he even makes a line. He's like, how desperate does this show have to be to give you guys promo time? I know. I thought it was very funny. Was I was funny. like, Kenny, that's a little too real, buddy. Like, like. <laughs> I thought that popped me really hard. That was I very know. funny. But unfortunately, here comes the elite. And they attack the Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Put Luchasaurus through a table. And it looks like, uh, you know, we do chill style. Did you notice chill that? Style. Chill style. Oh, my God. I caught that. And I'm like, listen, these wars are crazy right now. And, and I love it. I sing all the trash talking. And that's kind of, we talked about it a lot last night. That's how I want to see the trash talking between the talent, between the yes. people, not the fans. There was a couple, I think, Junior Dos Santos sent out a tweet to Roman Reigns. And I'm like, yo. And then they did that shield thing. And I'm like, come on. This is not going to stop anytime soon. This is getting fun. Yeah, I have to say not jungle boy's best work on the mic tonight there backstage and he was very much saved by the attack from the elite um kenny omega's comment i'm sorry i i'm so glad you brought it on because i think i laughed for longer than i should have i'm like that he it was it was too real um but yeah i i'm here for that i know that they're going i mean according to the streets and the leaked card they're going in that direction but i just feel like they've been feuding with each other for quite a bit so they need to keep adding layers to it to keep it interesting but yeah i i i, I pop for the attack i I'm, I'm a fan of the elite i really like them 
Me too. Yeah, they're a lot of fun together. Uh, namely, the Super Click. I think the Young yeah. Bucks and Adam Cole are just, I mean, they're obviously great friends and they're a lot of fun in there. But yeah, we saw a couple of Shield bombs today coming off of what Roman Reigns said about AEW. Uh, no comments about Top Dollar, though. They had nothing to say about him. <laughs> I don't think they want that smoke. I the, the elite fears Top Dollar. Confirm. Yes, <laughs> I, would, I would rather watch a 10 minute Top Dollar freestyle than a Jungle Boy promo, by the way. In fact, I'm a, I would rather. No, I'm drinking. Can you not say that kind of stuff while I have a drink in my mouth? Okay, okay. hopefully you don't now, because I would rather watch a rock freestyle than a Jungle Boy promo. I said it on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I would rather see the rock freestyle. But Jumpin' Jack Perry would come back later tonight. Uh, good on him. So yeah. we get into an inner circle versus uh, America's top team uh, ex promo exchange. So this was a kind of lively promo. They go back and forth. Uh, Chris Jericho has some comments for Paige Van Zandt, uh, very reminiscent of his interplay with Stephanie McMahon uh, in a new generation, of course. I'm very interested to see how people take this, uh, where he singled her out and he said uh, that, are you trying to slide in my DMs? Uh, what kind of Instagram filter do you uh, use? Yo, that line. You know? that line. Clarendon or bitch? He's bimbo. It's a bimbo too. It's a bimbo too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not that I memorized the line already to use it on people, but my God, that was some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, he really went after it. Was a lot, it was a lot of fun. Like Attitude Era Jericho. Yeah. Um, Dan Lambert is just the biggest heel in AEW. Anytime he talks, these fans are just all over him. Uh, he's calling uh, Sammy Guevara Tiny Tim, which... That was a funny line, but I will say, as soon as this promo started, it was funny because they sang along to the Jericho music, and right. then the first thing they did was chant for Sammy. Because so this guy's really becoming, and they're in Miami, and it's a very Latino presence. You heard the yeah. C chants instead of the yes chants. So this was great to see uh, Sammy Guevara really becoming a big star. Uh, and really, this promo ended up being circled around Sammy Guevara because he called out America's top team and said that, you know, he'll see them next week. He's calling anybody out from America's top team or the men of the year to, to challenge them. What did you think about this segment, Issa? You also forgot to mention the line that Dan Lambert used on Jack Hager about his hair. <laughs> I thought this was fun. I actually like this interaction. It's probably one of my favorite interactions between the two teams so far. Maybe the crowd and the energy, like, you know, limna, or maybe we'll see finally the whole inner circle together because it feels like we've been seeing them kind of like split apart, which yeah. is good because we were getting a lot of inner circle prior to that, but we haven't seen them together interacting in a while. And, you know, they're a crowd favorite. Yeah, this was fun. I, I think they're going to. I mean, I, this is obviously going to continue, right? But the I wonder if they're going to film anything on the Jericho Cruise because I think that's last next week. Oh, yes. So, they, they are going head to head with, I mean, not head to head, but they're happening at the same time as Dynamite, I believe. Yeah, because a lot of, they couldn't, I know some of the wrestlers are going, but not all of them can go because they're, you know, they have the show. But I wonder if they're like, I think that would be a lot of fun this whole time. While the promo was going on, I was just thinking it would be a lot of fun if, if they filmed something on the cruise. Like, imagine that backstage, like, video package of them in the cruise and these guys, like, attacking them. That would be fun. Be so that's all fun. I could think about. I was like, they need to film something on the cruise. They have to. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think that'd be a lot of fun. They should definitely get footage from that cruise because I absolutely love that show they did from the cruise. It was one of yes. the early Dynamite shows. Really, Brett Baker's coming out party where that was the first time she cut that promo against Tony Schiavone and got a big reaction. And from there, we see what she's grown into today. And there was a lot of good stuff in that crowd. That was, that was the awesome. first time people sang along with Chris Jericho. I was so. just going to say that. Oh, that yeah, was yeah. the Judas coming out party, too. That's when the whole crowd started singing the song, too. It was such a different looking show. And that's yes. like when they when AW does that, I really, really like give them major props. Like Arthur Ashe, for example, just coming from different settings and doing different things. That show felt different. I know they're not going to air a show from the cruise, but it would be nice to get a couple of backstage segments film while they're out there. That's a great point. I love the pageantry of you get to see. I love seeing wrestling in different places. That's why yeah. I'm excited about that idea of Raw on the Roof. I just like seeing different <laughs> settings for different wrestling shows. Kind of like when they had Lex, Luth Lex Luger slam Yokozuna on that boat. That was a, a lot of fun. But oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Stellar Justin Lopez for 49. Hey. Front of the show. Uh, you would think with his father, he'd have more confidence in himself. His acting ability would be better without his gimmick. He's bland as AF. I, I tend to agree with that. He's talking about Jungle Boy, of course. I know I who he's Jungle talking Boy, about. I know. Talented wrestler. <laughs> but uh, boy, that was a rough promo. 
Yo, the other night, the other day, I don't know, I think I was watching my friends over of Lucha Libre online, they cover wrestling in Spanish, right? And they were having like a debate, like a back and forth. And this guy freaking says that Jungle Boy is not the future of AW unless he turns into Tarzan. And I die laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that? Can you translate that to that in Spanish? How was that in Spanish? Oh, he said, Jungle Boy no va a ser el futuro a menos que no se convierta en Tarzan. <laughs> It was so funny. Like, I was like, because I didn't want to laugh. I love Jungle Boy, but I tend to agree when you put him in the mic without the, you know, without the pageantry behind him and Lucha Soros and Christian Cage and this and that. It's not the same. And that's okay. He's still very young. He's like, you know, he's homegrown. There's a lot to learn, but sometimes his weaknesses show, and I want AW to start playing on the strength of some of their guys instead of their weaknesses. You know what Jungle Boy's strength is? Coming out to that crowd. That's his yeah. strength. He has to, so don't put him backstage, have him come out, and like, they did it later on, and that worked. He came yeah. back out later on, popped the crowd, got an attack, kind of like made up for that horrible backstage segment but if he's not ready to talk don't let him talk and he has been very open about being very anxious i don't know if you've seen some of the interviews oh, i did i think it was on restricted that he talks about he gets really bad anxiety so i would assume that maybe he feels the same way when he's doing a backstage promo yeah and this is what tony khan and aew do very well in terms of presentation in terms of packaging somebody as a star despite their weaknesses we usually don't see jungle boy promos but he has that great theme music right. they do a good job with the the jurassic express and so you know again anybody regardless of their weaknesses or if they're quote-unquote green or if they're weak in this area or that aew and professional wrestling proper can hide your weaknesses and show your strength but this is definitely a weakness of uh, jungle boy yeah here comes Nightmare Need for $5. Forgot about Dynamite, but I saw you guys LOL. Well, welcome, Nightmare Need. Glad we'll catch you up on it. I will be watching the playback. Is it me or does it seem like Brian Danielson found new life? Oh, yeah. 1,000%. He's Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> Do we have that? Is that a breaking news story? My goodness. I love that. Sorry. Illuminati confirmed, Brian Danielson. Illuminati confirmed. Unsee that. <laughs> So yeah, sometimes Brian, I just say sometimes I just say the first thing that comes to my mind. I need to get Good. better at that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You keep doing that. That's what makes you Isa. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, Brian Danielson. It's not like he was necessarily bad in WWE or even in his final days, but he was definitely wrapping up. You knew he wasn't going to be a world champion anytime soon there. But here in AEW, he, he definitely re-energized by the idea of wrestling new people. You know how much he likes wrestling, and he's been able to do a lot of that. Uh, and I do think that they're doing a good job with this Brian Danielson character. Agreed. And there's nothing left for him to do. What was there left for him to do in WWE? Maybe win a Royal Rumble? That's about it. He's, he accomplished everything else. So why not move on? Like, he's being very open about not leaving because he was unhappy. But this Brian Danielson, I'm here for it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, especially the white tee and his new music. He's, he's, he's in whole no, new that man. music. That music is the shit. Uh, love this from F. 50 because we're going to get into this match just now solid show tonight but cm punk deadpan revealing ftr had me in tears even though it was short uh Miro's promo tonight was a highlight for me i agree with everything. agreed i agree with everything cm punk on commentary tonight had me dying he has so many one-liners that were just so solid a lot of very like inner like inside jokes that only a few people will get and you have to pay close attention to what he was saying he was on point tonight I thought CM Punk was phenomenal. I'm glad you said that, Issa, because I want to ask you, I thought about this multiple times. What do you think has been better uh, for CM Punk and AEW, his commentary or his matches? His commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like he hasn't gotten off the ground yet. I'm sure his matches will eventually rise to that level, but he's been excellent on commentary. He has, he has. But I mean, it's, it's just the way that I feel like CM Punk is like the rock of AEW, right? Somebody that can walk around doing whatever or saying whatever he wants. So you want to hear him on the mic because he has no filter. He says so he says some things tonight that I was like, yo. <laughs> yeah. There was actually a line that uh, Chris Jericho said where he said to Paige Van Zandt, I wouldn't touch you with your husband's genitalia. And then CM Punk chimed in. He was like, well, actually, I think he kind of would. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> a little heat there between Chris Jericho and CM Punk. They're not big fans of each other, but they, they're very cordial. Yes. 
Jody Shauna Jenkins for $5. I think BD's new gimmick should be Brian the Draw Danielson, and he never wins or loses again. Draw after draw after draw. Pure heat machine. Oh That'd my be a God. funny gimmick. Imagine, imagine the draw. <laughs> the draw. It's just a draw. Every match. <laughs> Every match you know is going 15 minutes. So that might back him into a corner where people would go get popcorn. Like, well, this thing's going to go. We know what's going to happen, right? Or they just lower the limit. They'll be like, it's Daniel Bryan, so uh, five minutes time limit. You know, I don't, it shouldn't be Brian Danis for doing that, but I do want to see somebody have that gimmick. Now that I think about it, that's really funny. Is like a trolling gimmick where maybe you don't do 15 minutes, 10 minutes, but every match is a draw. And then you see them in the standings and it's like, oh, oh, and 12. <laughs> That's actually funny. Where do you rank that person? You can't. Yeah, exactly. What do you do with them? <laughs> Brett Murphy for $5. Love the AEW title tournament eliminator bracket. Uncle Tony is struck again, Issa. Uncle Tony. <laughs> you know, and the draw could have his manager could be a sister and they could kiss because a tie is like kissing your sister. You know, not that I'm advocating for that. I'm just, you know, if we're going to really go overboard with this draw thing. No, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> We move on to Super Ranas. Yo! The Lucha Brothers. And this is what was referenced from that Super Chat from earlier. And this definitely stood out. So usually in wrestling, particularly in WWE, when there's a mask or there's something that's clearly obvious that's going on, the commentators have to play dumb. Oh, uh, Who's behind that mask? No. I don't, and this is clearly, clearly FTR. And CM Punk just like, no, no, that's clearly FTR. He's calling it out the commentary. I thought it was so funny. I know me too. And the other commentators at first were not going with it. At one point, they were like, Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. And it really made them look bad too because then Tony Schiavone is like, Oh, CM Punk is the Tony Romo of our business. He was able to see that coming. And it's like everybody was able to see that coming. Thank bro. <laughs> <laughs> so this was great. I mean, this is again more of why I love CM Punk on commentary is him not being like a dummy. And so this was a very good match, but uh, the finish came where Dax Harwood used the AAA title to hit Ray Phoenix. They then hit the Brain Buster, and FTR are your new AAA champions. Now, the crowd was completely stunned because I think they thought the, the uh, AEW World Championships were on the line. So when this finish yeah. happened, the crowd, and, and also because it was you know, uh, uh, probably pro Ray Phoenix and um, uh, Ziar Mero uh, of Pentagon, uh, it was probably a pro crowd for the Lucha Brothers. Uh, and But they were absolutely stunned when this happened because I think they thought it was an AEW World title match. But this is a AAA World Championship match. And FTR are your new AAA World Champions. What do you think about this, Issa? Uh, yeah, so obviously we all knew it was FTR as soon as they came out. Which kind of like, I was I was fine with that because I do want to see FTR against the Lucha Bros. I think they're going to have a epic feud. But I was hoping that we were going to get introduced to someone or maybe somebody from AAA will get a chance to come over here and wrestle. And like the whole the whole mystique around this match is like, who is, you know, Andrade going to bring? Is it going to be Ric Flair and Charlotte? Like, you don't know. You didn't know who it was going to be. So <laughs> it was FTR. And I was like, slightly disappointed. Uh, the little frog hop that they did when they got into the ring, I popped okay. for that, underrated. Yeah, the, the match was a lot of fun. I do think people were confused about what title was on the line because it was like a big shock. I love seeing them trying to take off from the arena after they won it. And it was very confusing. And this was with commentary where they were talking about like yeah in Mexico if you try to remove the mask that's you get automatically disqualified and then they were like no but this is AW rules they kind of like yeah. went back and forth a little bit and it made you confused like okay what rules are we using and I feel like maybe that's why people assume it was the AW tag titles as well but yeah overall it's fun I'm excited for the feud itself I think they're going to have an epic feud together that's a good point, Issa, because that was a very important detail of this match in that it was AEW rules, so you could pull off the mask because they did pull right. off their mask. So for the second half of this match, it's FTR. But they did get confused and tripped up. And at one point, I think they even said this is triple A rules, which yes. that would mean it would have been a disqualification. So they had to walk that back. So that was very confusing. Yes, yes. I was like commentary kind of like confused a situation that they didn't. They, they didn't need to bring it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nightmare Need, friend of the show for $2. Have to give you guys your roses. Appreciate that. Uh, I have enough roses on my shirt, but I'll take another one. It's Thank great. you. Thank you. I love your shirt, by the way. I complimented you off the air, but I will do it on the air as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, this is where – okay, so after this, uh, because later on the show this happened, but I'll just say it now, we get a backstage segment with MJF who is paying off Andrade. And he's – MJF is such a smart heel because he's doing all these microaggressions where he, he's – 
dipping into Spanish and saying, thanks, amigo, and really kind of talking to him some kind of way. And he carried this on during his promo uh, to this very pro-Latino crowd. I and I think that really helped his heat. And so he's very good in this on this segment. MJF is great. He is great. Sometimes I can't believe how young he is. Yeah, absolutely. We have John Moxley versus Wheeler Utah in about 15 seconds. John Moxley wins and walks off. Beautiful. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, <laughs> what else are you going to do about it? I'm telling you, he's going to turn heel and it's happening. And, and you, I mean, we've been teasing it for a while, but I can see more shades of, of heel Mox and I cannot wait to see him because if this is like him going at what, at 50%, because he can't really like do or say certain things, yeah. he's going to be sheared though. He's, he's going to, he's not going to get booed. I don't have, I, I don't know. Depends on how they do the turn. I don't see Mox getting booed. Yeah, I think he's going to be even better as a heel yeah. because he's kind of in a holding pattern right now. There are more prioritized baby faces. You've got CM Punk, you've got Brian Danielson, Hangman Adam Page. And so he seems to be in kind of a middle ground, even the inner circle. And so when he turns heel, though, he's going to really stand out. And I think he's going to do great work as a heel because he kind of carries himself like a heel anyway. Just that he curmudgeon, does. even when he's going through the crowd, he doesn't want people touching him. And I think when he becomes a heel, it's going to be next level. Uh, yeah, 1,000%. I just want the, the, the turn to be something significant, something that kind of like hurts. You know what I mean? I wanted to get people emotionally invested so that you can really get behind him as a heel and not. But it's just, Mox is just a cool guy. And that's why I'm like, I don't know that he can get booed just because people, he has that I don't give a F attitude. And, and I, I root for that personally. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see the heel turn coming uh, against Brian Danielson if that match happens at full gear and he loses. Think he yes. snaps it. Yes. We had a backstage brawl pretty quickly with Sheeta and uh, Serena Deeb. The like highlight that. of this brawl was CM Punk on commentary saying, what a head of hair on Serena Deeb. Love oh, it. wow. I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. That's what I meant. I'm like, I don't think everybody's going to get that joke, but it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of the connection between CM Punk and Serena Deeb until he said that. And I was like, yep. that's right. Yeah. Society. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, I was like, did he just say that? (laughs) Again, CM Punk on commentary magic. I can see why they're using him. If you're not wrestling tonight, you're getting on commentary. Or Tony Khan wants to get his money worth. Either or, it's working. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably what it is. But yeah, Yeah. get CM Punk on commentary if you don't have a match for him. Because I thought he was very good. Mm -hmm. Speaking of very good, we get the Young Bucks and Adam Cole, the super click. Versus the Dark Order. So this is John Silver. This is Alex Reynolds and Evil Uno. This match, I mean, this might have been the peak of the show. I think this is where the show peaked yeah. uh, in terms of just how hot it was. Uh, they do all kinds of stuff. Uh, kind of mixed in some comedy. And at one point, Evil Uno gets a hold of Nick Jackson's sock. And the biggest pop of the night comes where Evil Uno uses Mr. Socko on Nick Jackson. People going nuts, chanting Socko. Um, this is a, a lot of fun. We also get the super click spot, which is, you know, Adam Cole having the Boston crab in and the young bucks going to kiss him, but they get flipped yeah. over the top and in comes John Silver and Alex Reynolds to kiss Adam Cole. These people are going crazy for it. And Adam Cole's facials was just amazing. Just the face guys. that he made was hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just amazing. So, uh, this is a great match. Uh, a lot of spots here. The finish basically comes with uh, a lot of finishers for the super click, and they win the match. But what did you think about this, Issa? This was so much freaking fun. First of all, the internet works fast. Do you see that Mr. Soko is all elite graphics going <laughs> no. through the timeline? <laughs> Oh, that's great. great I timing. was like, it was like within a minute. I'm like, yo, you guys work way too fast. Um, yeah, I love seeing Evil Uno wrestle. Like I and and I love seeing the Dark Order feels revitalized, and I feel it's because Adam Page is back, and I love how they distantly are still keeping that storyline going because they wrestle completely different tonight. Now that they're reunited and we're back together and we're not fighting anymore, you felt a different energy from them that spot the super click spot adam cole's face was like everything they had the crowd in the palm of their hands here of course all of the finishers from the super click the super click is not gonna lose a match anytime soon um not with adam cole there so it was still but it was still fun and that's the thing sometimes it can be predictable but it doesn't make it not enjoyable yeah and after the match we get uh jumping jack perry comes in with a steel chair and does a number <laughs> so that was good uh, to get to see. And we did also get a uh, shield bomb spot. I believe it was countered, though, but they did yeah. attempt it again. So 
They did. Blame them on reindeer. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we get into this next segment, which I want to get your opinion. Of so this is Cody Rhodes. It's backstage, kind of a cinematic segment. Uh, he's met with the Nightmare Factory, which uh, kind of looking at him for being Hollywood, showing up late to practice. Red Velvet calls him an arrogant piece of shit and slaps him in the face. He's doing drills, and Arn Anderson is telling him to stay focused, don't get distracted. One member of the Nightmare Factory is coming after him after another, and Cody's just kind of uh, countering them, and Lee Johnson's coming for him, and he's doing an arm drag. He gets slapped by Kylan King. <laughs> at one point, Cody goes, what's the point of this? I'm not learning shit! And uh, uh, Arn Anderson then shows him a picture of Dusty Rhodes and Arn Anderson saying how much uh, Dusty Rhodes wanted to do by, right by his children, I believe. Uh, and so he's just trying to get Cody Rhodes ready for Malachi Black. I absolutely thought this was amazing. What did you think, Issa? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Cody Rhodes' attitude throughout the whole thing and, and like the way that everybody acted against him. I just want to know where we're going in this story. I mean, I'm more invested than I was in the beginning, right? When you did the whole Cody's going to retire, he took off the boot, the Malachi Black kicked his ass. Like, okay, that was great. This I'm more interested in because I'm wondering, is, is Cody Rhodes just going to snap? Out of all of them, is he gonna like? Because he he did say on some interviews that he's never turning heel in AEW. So you start listening to the interviews, but then you start seeing this, and it just makes you wonder where are we going with this? Is he, is he gonna join the dark side with Malachi Black? I don't know, but I'm invested. As far as the backstage segment goes, it was excellent. I think that a lot of people are feeling a certain way about Cody, and they're playing off the. The, the talks of the internet in regards to Cody making everything about himself. He's kind of Hollywood. I love the fact that they're using that in that backstage segment. Me too. And I think the long play here, this is a long-term storyline for Cody to face Malachi Black and win. And I know, you know, I don't like the idea of him losing anytime soon, but yeah. if he does lose, I like the fact that there is a story behind it to where this kind of makes Malachi Black come off as a bigger star that Cody needs to completely reinvent himself in order to have a chance of beating Malachi Black. He's got the whole Nightmare Factory training with him in terms of trying to build him into somebody who could beat Malachi Black. And if they do that and tell that story before he beats Malachi Black, I wouldn't have a problem with that. No, I don't either. I'm still waiting for Aaron Anderson to like chase him out of the school with like a gun. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> I am there for 199. We need more armed Anderson segments. Yes. Yeah. That... that would have been a funny thing because he's giving him all these tips. And if he just pulled out a gun and shot it in the air. <laughs> Practice is over. You're not focused, man. <laughs> uh, I love Arnie. I love and then everybody just stops. You got that awkward moment where everybody's like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, okay, Arn, like, not that much motivation, my guy. I get it, though, because I obviously don't want them to overdo the whole Glock thing, but it was just so fun and unexpected that I'm like, you got to use it again. Just, just pop it one more time, you know? <laughs> yeah, I want to see more of that. Yeah. We get MJF coming out, calling out Darby Allen. So if you remember, uh, what a troll! A bunch of masked men. We cannot confirm that it was Pinnacle, but a bunch of masked men attacked Darby Allen. So MJF is playing dumb as if he didn't know who did it, and he's saying, "Where's Darby Allen?" Uh, this promo was really being drowned out by Tony Schiavone, who's just incensed and talking over this promo on commentary about how much he hates MJF. Uh, MJF demands that Wardlow brings out a ref. The ref begins to count to count out Darby Allen. That brings out Sting. And uh, Wardlow gets shoved into Sting by, Dar by MJF, and, uh, and MJF runs off. So they continue to build this tension between him and Wardlow. It's been now like a year of... I know. So this is good long-term storytelling between MJF and Wardlow. Uh, but, uh, you know, MJF runs off. I thought this was great heel work by MJF. Yeah, it was great heel work. He did a good job working the crowd. He did a great job because I wasn't even expecting him to be on. So it was a very nice surprise segment because it wasn't advertised. Obviously, the match was never advertised. That was the whole point of the segment. Uh, Sting coming out and, you know, to defend Darby still cool. You get a pop, you get the snow. Cool stuff. I, I, I'm never going to complain to see MJF on television, whether it's just to cut a promo. So it's awesome that they found the time in there to add him. This is very good. A very good way of promoting this storyline, too, with Darby mm -hmm. Allen off TV and MJF goading him like that and bringing out Sting. Get a Sting appearance, which is always fun for a live crowd. Exactly. We get a backstage brawl between Britt Baker and Anna Jay because Britt Baker is calling Anna Jay a loser. The Dark Order lost to the Elite Baby. We know that Britt Baker is a real-life girlfriend of Adam Cole, and they just start brawling with each other, really throwing some stiff shots, I thought. It was like they were really punching each other in the face. 
you know, uh, Britt Baker was ready to throw hands as soon as she got punched, and I popped for that. I was like, she didn't even do the, oh, she just, no, she just, like, started throwing hands, and I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. We gotta build something for Britt Baker. There's nothing. So, yeah. I mean, would it make sense for it to be Anna Jay? I don't know, because I seen her kind of, like, have wins and losses, wins and losses, but at this point, you don't have a program for your world champion, make something up, and this is exactly a good way to go about it. Yeah, and uh, we did see in that leaked full gear card that it was Britt Baker versus question mark, and this could be the question mm-hmm. mark. Anna, Anna Jay. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at it. Oh boy! So we get into this next match: <laughs> Penelope Ford versus Kira Hogan. By the way, you can see an interview I did with Kira Hogan uh, about uh, six months ago. She's great, and she both these women could work. They're both talented wrestlers. Let me just start with that. This might have been the worst match in the history of Dynamite. I don't know what happened. There was a lot of there, there. Okay, it started where there was a leapfrog spot that Penelope before just didn't go under. She just kind of stopped, and there from then on, I just felt like they were on two completely different pages. A uh, crowd kind of dead for this match, trying to get the people picked up, but this just wasn't good. It was just they were on two different pages, and sometimes you have nights like this. Penelope Ford wins. Ruby Soho comes out after to set that up based on what happened last night at Rampage, but uh, not very pretty. Penelope Ford and Kira Hogan. Yeah, it wasn't. There wasn't chemistry there. I don't know. Something, like you said, they went. They were going in, like, driving in the opposite side of the road or something. Uh, CM Punk made a comment on commentary. He um, asked, oh, Kira Hogan, I wonder if there's any relation. I'll leave it at yeah. that. <laughs> I thought that was... Hogan or... Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Um, not the best match. I don't want to... I think both of these women are talented and we've seen them go. So they were just having an off night and I just, I'll leave it at that. I thought Ruby Soho coming out was great to get revenge on what we saw last night. So Ruby Soho doesn't look like someone who would just stay backstage and not try to get, you know, her, he like, you know, her moment back. So we'll see what happens. I just, I, I didn't like this. I felt bad. The crowd was dead for it. Yes, dead yes. silence. The the silence. I, I feel like yeah. they picked this to be the popcorn spot, unfortunately. But um, Yeah, but I do think that that doesn't help them measure the chemistry because if they don't feel like they have the crowd going, then you, it can kind of mess with your psyche when you're in the ring, you know? Yeah, you can start panicking a little bit or whatnot. Right. But uh, not their best work. There will be no. better days ahead. Marie Johnson for $5. Max turn is coming when he kills Orange Cassidy. OC gave Mox. Okay, OC gave Mox a look for destroying his boy. Yes, that was Good something point. that was not lost on me because uh, Orange Cassidy gave this look right after that 15-second win by John Moxley. Like, okay, I see you. And mm-hmm. it does set up for Orange Cassidy and John Moxley to meet in the second round of that Eliminator tournament, which is what yep. I think is going to happen. You don't think that powerhouse beats... Not in AEW, I'll tell you that. <laughs> not, maybe if this was NXT, or not in AEW. Uh, Orange Cassidy's winning that. They might as well just give him a bye. But who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll have Orange Cassidy lose. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Five dollars, Alfred. Who's the best promo from your Green Bay Packers? Any Arn types? The best promo on the Packers might be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers cuts a pretty good promo. I will say, Devontae Adams had some great quotes recently where he said he hates everybody who he plays against. So Devontae Adams is a great promo, too. Love the Green Bay Packers. Packers over the Bills in the Super Bowl. I've been saying it all summer, and it looks like I might be right, and I'm just going to keep saying cool. it. Packers, 42. Buffalo Bills, 17 in your Super Bowl. I'm spoiling it for you. I just spoiled the Super Bowl. Okay. Packers over Bills. So uh, we go into, oh, this is a Miro promo that we heard about earlier tonight. This ah, was incredible. so good. So this good. was a backstage promo. It's Miro basically doing a confession to God where he is confused at why God has forsaken him. He has a body of granite and a neck full of sand, which is a story they tell that his neck is his weakness. He says, why have you forsaken your champion? I want to be God's favorite <laughs> champion. So I see her once again. So we get the tease for Lana again. I thought this was a phenomenal backstage promo and a great use of Miro after they kind of put him to the back burner after being the best champion they had, I thought. Yeah, I, I've been saying where's Miro since he lost the TNT title. He doesn't seem like the guy that would just sit there and take it and not do anything about it. The promo was great. It was short, but it was very, very, very effective. And it just makes you wonder what is what is he going to do to make it up to God? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is great. This is right in his wheelhouse for his character. This is like they still using the God's favorite champion thing, but now we have to deal with him when he's not God's favorite champion. So this is just wonderful storytelling with Mira. I just loved it. 
he's so good. He's been so good. I think that I didn't like him in the beginning when he first went to AEW. That best man gimmick was not it. Yeah. But yeah, when he became the TNT, I I was one of the people that didn't want him to lose the belt to Sammy Guevara. I know I'm one of the few, but I wanted him to keep staying champion. So I really want yeah. them to get into something compelling with him going forward. I definitely didn't. I still don't think he should have lost that title to Sammy mm-hmm. Guevara. I don't think Sammy needs it. I think Sammy's a big star, and I think Miro He's so over. He's so yeah. over. So, But I get it. I feel like it was time, and Sammy's been here a long time. I get it, but I just didn't think that it was the right choice. Yeah. I just associate Miro more with that TNT title than Sammy. It was his white title, and it was basically tied to his gimmick of God's favorite champion. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully he gets back sometime soon. Or, you know, they don't like doing quick title changes, but I hope he does get it back and we get another run, uh, either that or the world title. Who knows? That's a long line for that world title, and it's Very exciting. Long. It's exciting, but it's like weird, right? Because like what you said, AEW tends to have long title reigns, so it just really makes you wonder because there's so many people that could be contenders to all of these titles right now, and it's just like, well, if you're going to hold the belt for 200 days, what are you going to do in the meantime with this big group of people that could be your champs right now? Yeah. So we get uh, Brian Danielson versus Bobby Fish. This is your main event. The best thing about this match to me was a commentary for CM Punk. Uh, I thought he did a very good job bringing up uh, the fact that both these guys wrestled last night. So mm-hmm. after you wrestle, you're high as a kite. You know, your you know mind is racing. So whoever is more focused uh, is going to be the person who is more in charge. So I just love that angle of this match. CM Punk was really good throughout this match as well. And you know, this is more wrestling for the sake of wrestling. A lot of holds. Good professional technical wrestling, and Brian Danielson won this match. Of course he did. Daniel Bryan is never going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> but he did it, it, it was a fun match. I, I did enjoy a lot of what CM Punk added to commentary. He was like making some comments that you don't think about, especially what you just pointed out. I love that he pointed out that, yeah, the, both of these guys wrestled last night because you really don't think about that I guess we after the pandemic we forgot what it's like for them to wrestle back to back to back you know um, especially in AW because they used to be a once a week kind of thing yeah I, it was fun I love seeing um, Brian Danielson come out it feels like again Illuminati confirms he's revitalized he looks younger he looks in the best shape of his career he just wrestle Suzuki in what looked like a brutal match so for him yeah. to just come back out there tonight and do it again Props to him. Uh, he looks. He just looks incredible. He's probably up there in my top three favorite people in, in AW right now. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and he definitely deserves to be up there. I thought uh, Dana Bryan has been great. Uh, this match was good. Nothing wrong with it, but just another match with Brian Danison with no build that's focused more on the wrestling, but uh, there was nothing wrong with this match. I will say this. So this is your show. That was your AW Dynamite show. They did reveal the brackets after this. But this went head-to-head with some stiff competition. We get a full slate of college football games where Alabama's playing. They're a big draw. Uh, You know, they played Mississippi State. We got a lot of ranked teams playing. We got Oklahoma playing. So full slate of college football and the NLCS, which is a great game between the Dodgers and the Braves that is still tied, I believe. Yes, still tied 2-2 at the top of the ninth. And this has been a very incredible game. So these are two big teams that are big draws. Here's a question I have for you, Issa. What does a bigger number? AEW Dynamite tonight or AEW Rampage last night? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to say Rampage. I could. I could see a universal Rampage outdraws AEW. This is a Saturday night show. So a lot of yeah. people, we got somebody who commented, Nightmare Knee is a big fan of AEW and WWE and watches a lot. And even Nightmare Knee didn't know that it was on tonight. So I remember they did, what, like 450000 for one of those shows? Uh, yeah. Although given it was a pandemic era, they do very low numbers on Saturdays up against. This is why Tony Khan moved his pay-per-views off of Saturdays, because he doesn't want to go head-to-head with college football. And it's going to, I expect a very ugly number for this show. Yeah, me too. And and I told you when we were off the air, the energy and the fun, the, the show was fun, but it wasn't. I'm not going to say throw away. Yo, we forgot to talk about the Hangman Page promo. That's right. We did. We skipped right over. That was the before. best part of the show. Yes. How did we skip through show, that? I was gonna, yeah, because why. I was about to say, if if, if, if if somebody told me what did I miss, the only one thing that I would say, if you need to watch one thing, it would be the Hangman Page promo. And I just yeah. realized we never even talked about it. Come on, Alfred. I'm saving the best for last. That's okay. why. Okay. I, I never, <laughs> saving the best for last. Hangman Adam Page had, this is something that Jungle Boy could learn from. This was one of the best <laughs> 
we, it's funny. We saw one of the worst and best babyface promos on the same show. And Hangman Adam Page, he just brings everybody through his journey. He tells a story that they've been telling with him that he lost his confidence that. Uh, he really didn't know if he could be a world champion. He talked about teaming with Kenny Omega uh, and defending the AEW World Tag Team titles every chance he could. He said he gained his confidence after people started chanting cowboy shit, which people obviously started chanting that. And he says that he is now going to head into that full gear pay-per-view against Kenny Omega, become a world champion. It was, in terms of the content, like simple, what you would say as a babyface, but delivery and how he told his story and how he connected it to his character and his feud. And this was an excellent promo and this is the guy like his time is now he it's we are now at the time where it's either he wins this or he goes way back or it's there's no coming back from this he has to win this match against kenny omega he has to and i was like so i i i started watching aw and i was watching it on and off but then when i got really into it i remember somebody on twitter i wish i could give him credit made a whole thread about the the hangman page storyline and i was never a fan of it so then i started reading this thread and i'm like they went back from like before aw days and i'm like the story that they're telling with this guy and he's just so likable when he talks and the way he delivers his promo he has to win like and the pop when he wins can you imagine it already this promo was perfection i sent out a tweet where i was like if you want to teach someone how to be a baby face you need to put this promo on one of the you need to watch this you know if you're teaching a class about about it it was it was so great and i pop when he said i finally believe in myself because that's always been the whole story that everybody believes in him but him so i cannot wait to see him when i thought he did such an excellent job and that's the one thing that i will say about tonight i thought the show was fun but it wasn't anything that i would say was must watch television except for that promo i thought that promo was great and i would encourage people to watch it Yes, please, because I'm going to go back and watch it as well. And it was just a really good promo. That's definitely something you should go back and take mm-hmm. time out of your day to watch because this really does feel like a legitimate world title feud and a babyface chasing this title. And it's a long-term chase to where he had that match with the Dark Order against the Elite where it was all that pageantry. The Elite had that great entrance with Space Jam and Hangman had that superstar entrance and then they yeah. fell short of it. And so now he's picking up the pieces and, and vying for that title again. And this is a great story to be told to make a babyface world champion. I'm glad that we're sticking with it and they're telling the story because I remember a lot of people thought that after they lost that match, that was it for Hangman Page. I didn't like seeing him and Omega had the you know, the match, but they wrestled before. So, okay, I get it. Um, But I'm glad that we're kind of saving it and understanding that you've been telling the story since AEW was established. You have to finish it. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that, that is your AEW Dynamite. (laughs) Uh, We uh, saw some good wrestling on the show. I thought it was a fun show. Uh, The viewership might be a little ugly because of Saturday. They're going to be back on Saturday next week. Um, But where can the people find you in between then, Issa? At NYC Demon Diva on Twitter with a one. And you can find me on YouTube, NYC Demon Diva. I do pre-shows for every show and I do reactions as well. Yes, Fast Nationals are out on Forbes right now. Go read those. At This Is Nasty for Alfred Kanoa. I will have the final numbers on Monday uh, for AEW versus SmackDown. And we will be back on Tuesday covering NXT 2.0 and the GOAT, Tony D'Angelo. Good night, Tony D'Angelo. Good night, AEW, and good night, Wrestling Inc. Bye.